0: and welcome to the calm birth conversation podcast this is karen mcclay and i will be having lots of wonderful conversations with experts and parents around pregnancy birth and parenting with the aim to help you to make informed choices and decisions around your own journey into parenthood this podcast is brought to you by calm birth australia's leading childbirth education program conversation is all about aware parenting. And today I'm going to be talking to the gorgeous Lyle Stone and Marine Rose from Aware Parenting about aware parenting and what brought them into that space and what you can do to prepare to be aware parents once your babies come along. So welcome to both of you. Um, I'm so excited to be speaking to both of you because I, I love aware parenting. I really feel that it resonates so beautifully with what we teach here at Carnforth, and it's a great, great flow on from from what we do in our program on Carnforth. So. Um, I, th- I thought maybe if you could just introduce yourselves initially and have a chat to us about your journey into aware parenting, um, that would be fantastic. So, Lale, did you want to start?
1: Sure. Uh, well... Um I do many things at the moment, but I, I mean, I absolutely adore calm birth. I worked as a calm birth instructor for about nearly 13 years now. So my deep love of birth and calm birth is actually what helped bring me to aware parenting. Uh, I started working with aware parenting about around about the same time I started doing calm birth uh, because of my third child. I had a, very challenging birth experience with my third baby and um, we both had a lot of trauma through our experience and you know I having worked in birth for a long time and having a bit of an understanding about trauma I, I knew that there needed to be something that I could do for myself and my baby to help process the birth experience that we had. So I discovered the the wonderful work of of Aletha Salter who is the founder and creator of Aware Parenting and when I read her book The Aware Baby it pretty much just changed my life. It gave me this Incredible understanding around feelings, emotions, and how to support not just my baby but my other children to be, I guess, the best versions of themselves possible. So I then just started practicing aware parenting. I then actually discovered the beautiful Marion in the beginning because she ended up, I needed someone else to talk about. So I discovered this with this woman who knew more about aware parenting. So um, I contacted Marion and then just, I think, deepened my understanding of aware parenting. And then became uh, an Aware Parenting instructor and started running workshops, working one-on-one with people. Um, and in the last two years, I've been creating a primary school called Woodline Primary, which is based on Aware Parenting philosophy. So bringing all that beautiful stuff that we're doing. And together, Marion and I also have the, the Aware Parenting podcast where we talk all about this and more. Um, So, you know, it is, has become a way of life for me. I have three kids who are 20, 16 and 13 and, and where parenting's definitely shaped my parenting to make it become uh, incredibly joyous and with a lot more ease. I mean, parenting is challenging and there's definitely challenges, but I think working with this way of parenting has really allowed me to be the parent I want to be and really help support my kids to be the best version
2: of themselves.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Excellent. Well, welcome, Lyle. And Marion.
2: how about you? Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yes. Yeah, so my background, I've always been fascinated in understanding human beings and what makes us the way we are. And that really comes from my own experience, actually my own birth. I was premature, 10 weeks premature. And back in the day, that was a long, a long time premature. And I was in an incubator for the first five weeks. And so even as a teenager, I was wanting to understand why I was the way I was and to understand my feelings more so I got into psychology so I did a degree in psychology and then I did a PhD at Cambridge University on the mother-infant relationship and particularly in relationship to postnatal depression and I was so passionate about that work and so I did from the whole of my 20s I pretty much did this parallel journey of research into. uh babies basically so understanding the cognitive development of babies so i did that through my my 20s and i also trained as a psychotherapist so i really uh, was so passionate mostly about pre and perinatal psychology so really understanding the impact of a baby's time in utero and their birth and those early years on our development as human beings So I really was just immersed. That was my whole 20s, basically. I was completely immersed in that and did my own therapy. I had 10 years of weekly therapy, which I really needed. And I actually said to myself, I'm not going to become a mum. I need about 10 years of therapy before I'm ready to do that. So when I was in my 30s, I um, I, um, had been really terrified about giving birth. And so I had a whole journey with uh, initially hypnobirthing. I met uh, Peter Jackson. I trained in uh, private subconscious mind healing. I, he was developing calm birth back then. So that was all happening. But what happened when I was pregnant with my daughter, she's 18 now, is I, I was looking for a form of parenting that would fit with everything that I'd learned in my whole academic study like really understanding um, babies and children and birth and parenting all of those things that would also fit with all I'd learned as a psychotherapist so working with clients and one of the things that mostly I'd experienced working with clients in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s was saying people saying but my parents never heard my feelings they didn't ever listen to me and they so I'd have all these clients in my 20s and I was like uh, you know, when I become a mum, I really want to find a way of parenting that fits with all the academic research, as well as all my therapeutic understanding, so that hopefully my children don't need to, to have therapy when they're adults. So I was doing a little bit of an internet search, and I found Aware Parenting. And really, for me, it did fit with all the, the research background, it fitted with all the therapeutic understandings we have about human beings. And it had this extra piece as well, that was like a big aha moment for me is like that babies actually have feelings right from birth that I knew already but they can actually heal from stress and trauma right from birth so that includes their birthing experience you know they have the capacity right from birth so I was like I was pregnant and I got one of Alita Salter's books and I was this was like oh my gosh this is, this is what I've been looking for and I really um been passionate about it ever since so that's 18 years and um It's as Leo said, it's been (laughs) parenting is not a walk in the park, as you all know. Um, So, it's been challenging. But what I love about Aware Parenting is that to really understand babies and children and what they need, and to understand their feelings, and to understand the reasons behind their behavior, and to know how to support them so that they're deeply connected with themselves so that they can express their feelings so that they're relatively free from accumulated feelings and to really understand how feelings relate to all the things that we see the the sleeping and the eating and the behavior and all of that stuff to me is like there's nothing else like a web parenting that really understands babies and children in this way and supports parents to um, help our children thrive yeah wow that's
0: that's fantastic and so I guess with that, what, what is aware parenting like? If you were to explain it to someone who, who asked you, how would you explain it? You know, what, what is it? What are the principles behind aware, aware parenting?
2: So it really has basic, three basic principles. One is it's a, it is a form of attachment parenting. So it's really based on all we know about secure attachment, about what babies need to be securely attached with their parents. It's also based on the understanding that babies and children are deeply affected by what they experience and they, um, have, they have normal natural feelings in response to that, so including stress and trauma, and they have the capacity to heal from stress and trauma with our loving support. Yeah. And the third element is non-punitive discipline, so it's really based on the understanding that we can support children to be cooperative, loving, um, yummy, gorgeous human beings without ever needing to resort to old-fashioned paradigms of um, shaming and punishment and all of that kind of more behaviourist paradigm. So it's really those three core principles.
0: Mm. Right. Okay. Um, and, And so what would it look like in the early days then? Like with aware parenting, like one of the things that I also understand about aware parenting is it's not just as much about the children and learning your children but it's also a lot about learning yourself as well and where you have come from so in the early days of parenting so say though, you know those first couple of months or even up to the first 12 months what does where parenting look like
1: mm. well maybe i'll speak a little bit to that i think um as marian said there's lots of um similarities with attachment parenting which is about that beautiful deep connection with with baby and with parents so lots of gorgeous stuff like skin on skin and keeping our babies really close and you know breastfeeding if that's possible and and being deeply attuned to your baby so realizing that we don't necessarily have to put babies in a schedule or a routine but really tuning into what the baby's needs are but and what part you're bringing up Karen which is you know a, a massive part of where parenting I always when I work with people say we've got what's happening for the child and ways that we can work with the child and different things that we can work with but we've also got where are you in this picture what's happening for you when your baby's doing this or when your child's throwing something at the wall and you're getting frustrated because you've asked them not to, what's going on for you? So one big part of what we look at is that many of our own unmet needs and feelings from our own childhoods will often surface when we become parents ourselves. It's like we have this magnificent little mirror. This little person comes into our life and holds up a mirror and says, Hey Mum, have you got some issues around this? Then let me just reflect that back to you and, um, and, and push those buttons that we all have as parents to help you look at what your story perhaps is and And what healing you may need to do around that. So often many of us may end up parenting in the way we were parented, uh, even if we swear that we will never do that, you know, sometimes we end up doing that. Or sometimes we say, you know what, I'm never going to raise my kids, you know, with that authoritarian bent and we might swing really, really far into a permissive way of parenting, you know, because we don't want our children to feel what that felt like but we may be lacking some boundaries or some limits within that. So I think that what we look at with we're parenting is that it is an opportunity for some deep self inquiry into how we are responding to our children. And I always have a bit of a saying is that, you know, when something's happening with our child, if we're starting to get agitated, if we're starting to get angry, if feelings are arising within us, then that's, that's something about us that we need to delve into. Our children are never doing something to us. Our kids are just being beautiful children doing what they need to do and it's our opportunity in how we respond to our kids and a lot of the time that's asking us to do a bit of inner reflection is into what was it like when you were little how were you responded to when you were upset you know did you get sent to your room were you told to stop crying what did it look like for you and often you know for well marian will attest to this too I'm sure the thousands of stories we've listened to over the years everybody has a very very similar story that comes up of of a lot of pain that they weren't actually listened to in the way they needed to you know their feelings weren't met weren't heard they weren't able to be who they really wanted to be because they had to fit into a little box, you know, really out of a need for deep attachment, you know, or just, you know, so that they could survive, really. So what we look at, I think, in those early parts of where parenting is, you know, that beautiful stuff around connection and attachment, but also taking a look at what comes up for you as a parent you know what parts are you finding challenging where where are you not getting your needs met what does that look like and there's many elements to it and again we could talk about this for hours and hours we have what society says that mothering or parenting should look like we have you know these belief systems around this is a good baby and all those kind of things so it really does bring up a lot of different inquiry around you know who we want to be as parents and how we respond to our children
0: yeah that's right and
2: i'm and I- can I add one other little thing that's really um, the, the, probably the fundamental difference to, from aware parenting to most other forms of parenting is that really in aware parenting we, we um, say that babies have two reasons for crying. So in most other paradigms, mm-hmm. um, if a baby cries, they have an unmet need. And that would be always our aim to do whatever we can to stop the crying. But in aware parenting, there's the uh, it's a very different perception that one of the co- one of the core reasons babies cry is for unmet needs. And we, the in aware parenting, the invitation is always to respond really promptly whenever a baby's upset. Mm-hmm. But it's also understanding that babies, right from in utero, have real feelings just like us. They are real sentient beings, and they have uh, often even bigger feelings than we do because they don't have. Um, they don't yet have any filtering they live in the present moment they don't have any cognitive capacity to understand a lot about what's happening to them so it's very normal and natural for babies to feel overwhelmed and um, scared and um, sad and frustrated and all of those feelings so in a way, parenting uh, and to experience feelings during birth even if it's a gorgeous you know calm birth even if the calm birth has gone completely to plan it's gorgeous and calm you know i had a, a gorgeous uh, both of my births are actually really gorgeous thanks to hypnobirthing and calm birthing but to a calm birth but to know that it's really normal and natural for all babies to feel feelings and i think because in our culture we um that that's a fairly new concept but in aware parenting we understand that um For every baby will feel feelings. We can do everything we can to have the most wonderful birth, to protect our babies from overstimulation, to help them make that beautiful transition into the world so that they're, you know, like in the womb, that maybe there's muted lights and muted sound and, and, you know, we're really uh, responding in an attuned way and holding them really gently and talking to them in these lovely ways, but they will still feel uncomfortable feelings. They will still at times feel frustrated. If for a baby, the, the, you know, to be in this room, for example, a newborn baby, they don't have any concept of, oh, you know, there's this and that. they don't have concepts. So they're just seeing a lot of stuff, a lot of stimulation. So it's normal and natural for all babies to feel. And if they have a the birth is a bit more difficult or the time in utero is being more challenging, they're going to have bigger feelings to express. So from an aware parenting perspective, it's really normal and natural for all babies to need to cry in arms with our loving support. This is completely different to controlled crying or cry out. It's really the understanding that um, feelings are really normal and babies need to express feelings and if they don't get to express feelings because in all the most wonderful ways we want to make sure they're comfortable and make sure they're not hungry and make sure that we've done everything we we can and as Lail so beautifully said however our feelings were responded to as babies and however we were treated as babies that's going to show up in terms of how we perceive our own baby's feelings so we will probably jiggle our baby when they're upset or we'll feed them when they're upset or we'll um, put them in a, st- a stroller or a pram, depending on where you are in the world. If they're upset, we'll do things to stop the, the crying. And what happens then is the feelings accumulate in their little bodies. And then we'll start to see so many of the things that are really common in in those early months and, and increasingly so as babies get older. So they'll start to... Um, wake up more frequently they'll start to avoid eye contact they all start to seem to want feeding more and more often even though the tummies are getting bigger um wake up more at night did i already say that so a lot of these things are actually in aware parenting a really clear sign of just babies who have some feelings to share with us so again what i love about aware parenting it's a a really big paradigm in terms of supporting emotional well-being in the long term but it also has, has really practical ways of understanding specifically what's happening if a baby is doing this at this point and how we can respond to support babies so that they can they can have restful sleep as well as we can, as well as being securely attached so that they can have beautiful, gorgeous feeding, but not necessarily to be feeding every two hours, day and night for the next three years, uh, you know, so that they can sleep easily and restfully. So all the things that we want usually as parents, <laughs> aware parenting really supports that without ever needing to use kind of harsh old fashioned ways of responding. Yeah. So it's incredibly attuned and sensitive to babies basically it's gorgeous so and so in alignment with calm birth which i think is why uh, i remember when i used to run workshops in sydney about 10 years ago and i used to say to people at the beginning of every workshop how did you learn about <laughs> parenting almost everywhere about 90 percent of the people said i learned through calm birth so it's it's so aligned with the, mm-hmm. the beautiful work that you do
0: Absolutely. Well, well, you know that, that Peter's always been a, a big fan of Aware Parenting and that's course, run, run on through our whole organisation because we um, yes. really do see that. Because really what you, what I'm hearing that you're talking about there is, is about holding space for the babies, kids, mm. creating that safe, calm, private environment, which we so go cool. on and on about, about yes. childbirth, about, yes. you know, for women in... in, in labour and birth and even in that postnatal period it's about people holding space for them so that they can experience what they need to experience in that space and that's exactly the same yes. sounds like it's exactly the same. So it's what it is yeah. for our babies and also for our children and and I think too, I, I, I'm i sure it goes on with that self-care component of where parenting, being able to learn to hold space for yourself too, to be in that moment and to, to, to feel what you're feeling. I think, again, talking with Le, where Lael was talking about, um, you know, societal and cultural beliefs, you know, it, we have this belief system that women leave, leave their place of birth and boom, go into the world and and you, you, you're meant to be strong, you're meant to survive and you, you're meant and to be absolutely fine and in the most joyous, incredible, and amazing time in your life and 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 no one encourages them just to, to be and to be in that moment and to to move through that roller coaster of emotion that is there for them becoming parents
1: mm. I would love to say too one one part that has just absolutely enriched me in using aware parenting over these years is having. A listening partner or somebody that is a support person to be able to call and say, oh, my God, my child's having a really big meltdown and I'm sitting and I'm listening, but it feels really overwhelming for me or my baby, you know, I, I, I've, you know, there today, I can see there's a lot of stuff going on. We need the the opportunity to express and be heard so that we have more capacity to be there for our children. And it's very challenging to listen to lots of feelings if we aren't having our own feelings heard or met. I, I would say it's most impossible to actually do it well because, because as humans we all need connection and we all need to be able to feel heard and seen it's what helps us actually grow it helps us heal so when we're looking at beautiful little babies you know of course and i love how marion explains it you know babies cry because of those two reasons they have a need and it's always meeting that need first are they hungry they need to be close to me. What, what is it going on? And then once we've met that need, you know, is there still some feelings there? And I always think about, I often explain it to people in my workshops that let's just say you've had a really hard day at work, lots of things have gone on and you've come home and you've said to your partner, God, I've had a really hard day and you start crying and talking and they start going shh or they try and stuff, shove stuff in your mouth. <laughs> You'd be like, hang on, I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. And, and you know, little bubbers and, and toddlers, teenagers, we're all the same, you know, they just want to be heard and our capacity to be there, to hold that space really comes from making sure that we take care of ourselves deeply and and have our needs met you know by having someone listen to us and whether that's a friend or a specific arrangement you set up or a therapist or something and and i really believe all parents need this and especially new parents because it's such a huge change in your life and so many things pop up and we we need that gentle beautiful holding and listening so that we can then learn to trust our intuition to then parent in the way that i think we want yeah
0: absolutely i completely agree with you it's growing that village isn't it and that support like there's that old old saying if you know it takes a village to 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 raise a child but really is it the village that raises the child or is it the village that supports the parents to raise Mm -hmm. the child and Mm -hmm. That's, that's another big thing that, yeah. that we, we were all very much on the same page yeah. about talking about um, with couples. So, what then do you think uh, would be the really important things for parents to be, or new parents to, to consider and have conversations and discussions about with each other and maybe other support people about how? to do so that they can then become sort of aware parents, they can sort of move into that space of what we like to call conscious parenting. What do you think uh, would be the important things for them to do and consider?
2: Do you want to go, Mary? Uh, Well, I'd always recommend uh, Alita Sauter's got a beautiful book called The Aware Baby. I would really recommend that. But in terms of um, during pregnancy, I think it's such an important time to really um, to connect in with our own values because you know we know in the culture there are certain set of really still mainstream values about how babies are treated and and the setup of you know all the things that you should in inverted commas do when you have a baby and I think it's 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 such a powerful time to actually inquire into what you really believe about babies and what you would like to put to one side around um you know how babies are treated in our culture and to actually really look at how do you one of the things I used to um run a course for um pregnant couples uh, on aware parenting and I used to one of the things I would do is um show them a video of someone holding a crying baby in a crying baby in arms crying mm. once all their needs are met and to look at you know what shows up for you what feelings do you feel because uh you know, when we have a baby, often we, if we haven't uh, had the opportunity to really think about these things, how was I responded to when I cried? Where did I sleep? How often was I left alone? How was I responded to? And we may not have the conscious memories of that, but we do have that deep in our um, more implicit uh, memory. We do know those things. And I think really supporting ourselves as parents to to find our own, you know, what really resonates for us rather than doing you know what the, what our friend does, or what our parents say, or what the culture says, but actually to really listen into um, what resonates for us. So if you feel called to co sleeping, even if your your sister or whoever is saying no, don't do that. To really trust ourselves and to do all the research around um, how we can support that. And but most of all is doing doing any emotional work beforehand, like you know any any emotional work around how we were, how our birth was. How our, how we were responded to as babies. The more we do that before we actually give birth, you know, it's it's going to show up as in every stage of parenting. So the more we do before actually giving birth, I think makes a huge difference. Like, uh, how do you how do you respond to yourself if you cry? What how do you repress your own feelings? Because we're going to be passing those on, and it's really helpful to to be, um, you know, compassionately listening to ourselves around that before we actually give birth, if possible. Never too late, though. It's never too late to inquire. But if you can do it before giving birth, it helps a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what pregnancy is about. It's, repair. it's a preparation phase, isn't it, for the, yes. for the new time in your life. And, and it is a time of change, and, it, and I think we adapt so much better to change when we are feeling prepared um, for
1: all that comes that way. Yeah, absolutely. I'd also love to add to that too around um, finding your tribe of people if possible because, you know, where parenting is not necessarily the norm at all, we still live in a society that's very much about behaviorism and punitive discipline and those kind of things. And I think um, aware parenting sits in a, a different space and there's a lot, I mean, there's parents all over the world who are doing this, you know, and, and we have thousands of listeners to our podcasts of people who really resonate. And I think it is about connecting into a tribe that, that sits in a similar place to what you want to explore because we, we get a lot out of listening to other people and knowing that we're not alone in what we're doing with this. And I think that's another important thing to investigate and find, you know, your tribe of people and the way you want to raise your children.
0: Yeah. And I think too, where parenting, for me, seems to be very much an intuitive style of parenting and, and works with our own natural intuition. And, and I think that's something that our culture has lost is that is that whole intuition that whole trust that we know how to do this and that our babies are going to show us how, how to do this and so um working with them i think is why i think that's why when people do get look into aware parenting it does really resonate with them because of that i think a lot of other parenting styles couples go to because that's what they're told to do that's how everyone else that's how my parents raised me and i turned out to be all right or you know i really want that sleep and and when you have a, a bit of an eye this is about me sort of mentality as well and you know i need my sleep so i need to make that sure the baby is without really looking at the biology of the baby and yeah. and what what those needs are around the baby as well
2: Mm. I do also want to say one thing Karen as well I think I love what you say about uh, intuitiveness and naturalness and I also think sometimes it can be really tricky to differentiate between what's what's intuitive and our deeper inner knowing and what's more um, habitual or you know what we experienced and I think that's often the one of the trickiest parts of parenting is like how, whether our responses are actually from our deepest knowing, or whether they're because that that's what we experience as a younger person, or we're as you were saying at the beginning, now, that we're or we're in kind of reaction and we're wanting to do something completely different. So that can be quite the journey, can't it, to disentangle oh, those?
0: It's completely. And like even even when you're parenting teenagers, as we all are here, like I have moments where I hear my mother's voice coming out of me, and I love my mother to death. She's absolutely divine, but. I still go, Oh my God, that, that's my mum. Like <laughs> she said that and, and, and it's quite amazing. And that's usually in that moment of reaction as opposed to as we were talking before we started the interview about it's the difference between responding to your children and reacting to your children. In, in those moments of reaction, you tend to come up with a, those old subconscious learnings that you have, those those old habits of thinking, they just automatically come out. So bringing consciousness mm. into that, bringing awareness into that is what helps us to become better parents. Mm. I
1: think. Oh, and I want to add to that, marin Marion and I talk about this all the time, parenting is all about compassion for ourselves because we we can be so judgmental around how it should look or we're not doing it right. And the answer so often is deep compassion for ourselves because we're all learning and so many of us, are, I guess, are parenting, wanting to parent in a different way than the way we were raised. So we don't actually have imprints of how that feels and looks. And that's why it can feel very challenging, very hard to do it in this different way. And so, so much compassion for ourselves and our journey as we parent, because it's um, it's, it's one of the greatest and most challenging things that we do or have the opportunity to do. I just think it's like the greatest... Um, your spiritual test. <laughs> you know, like its I often joke, you could go and meditate on a mountain for 10 years or just try and raise your kids really consciously looking at your stuff. It really pushes up lots and lots of things for us. And that's why we need a lot of gentle compassion for the job that we're doing.
0: Absolutely. I often say to people that, you know, your, your children teach you more about life. I think than what you actually teach them. I think they really are your greatest teachers because they really, they, Because up until that point, a lot of what we've done has been habitual and they've come from our cultural beliefs that we've been raised from. And then all of a sudden you've got these little Zen masters that have been brought into your world that are there to challenge that and to say, you know, are these beliefs right? Do you really want to think these ways? Are they working for you? Are they working for me? So it's um, they're they're incredible teachers if we let them be. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, there's a a great guy called um, Tim O'Leary who you know, Lyla, he always talks about becoming the parent that your children need you to be mm. Is what we need to be doing mm. um, and and supporting your partners to be the parent they need to be by being the partner that that they need you to be as well so it's getting that selfless mm. selfness out of it and becoming really selfless in that space
2: mm. so so
0: finally because we could talk about this for hours and hours but finally what would be your your favorite bit of advice that you would give new parents um, as they move into that space of parenting what, what would be your favorite
1: bit of advice it's oh, a good big question um, <laughs> so many things uh, my I guess where I would sit with that is um, I would really look to find um, the elders or the tribe, like the people who, I guess, have been here before, who understand what that's like, that are in alignment with what you want to do. Because I think we often come into parenting with this expectation that we should know what we're doing. But we're starting a brand-new job with no training and we're expected to just get on with it. And so each day is a learning opportunity. And because there are so many layers to it, it can often feel overwhelming. But when we have that beautiful... I think, tender, compassionate guide to say, hey, you're doing a great job and I see you and I hear you and where are you at today? That can just give a whole different sense of support and holding so that we can learn to trust ourselves and tune into our babies. I think that's what I see in this modern-day society as as really helpful for parents to have that. I think when I had my son 20 years ago, that's what I deeply, deeply longed for and craved and didn't have. And I think that that's what would have made a huge difference, you know, to my journey in parenting. And I feel like that it really is about if we can hold these new parents really gently and tenderly, then it allows them to to grow and learn and hold their babies in that way. Yeah,
0: beautiful. Thanks,
1: what about you mm,
2: guess so I find that challenging question to answer because there's about twenty things i' <laughs> say it's so you' what you said Lau, yes, um, I, I guess then what I would go to is to the invitation to re to to really deeply listen within so that when you 're looking around at the different parenting styles, so it may be, you know not everyone will resonate with the way of parenting. My invitation would be to really Connect in with and find a parenting style that really resonates with you and then do everything you can to immerse yourself in it and connect with other people who are doing it and and really have the support of that paradigm so that you have like a, an anchor as well as the tribe, as well as the community, as well as the, the elders. But, you know, to, to have that. And if something doesn't resonate or uh, someone's telling you should do it, to really listen to that and to go, okay, if this isn't a fit, to, to keep looking until you find something where your heart goes, yes, this this is this really resonates with me. I think it's so important.
0: Absolutely. I agree with that completely, Marion. And particularly with, with couples, you know, moving into that 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 post-mal period, they get so much information coming their way. Everyone has got a bit of advice and it's and it's really about them listening to that advice. And if it resonates with them, great. But if it doesn't feel comfortable within themselves to say, you know, that's great at work for you, but that, that doesn't feel good for me. So really, again, trusting that intuition around what is, what is the best way for them. Mm. So thank you very much, ladies. Um, can you tell me before we, we do finish off, how do people find more out about aware parenting or perhaps getting contact is there are aware parenting educators that run programs for aware parenting?
1: uh well i think you can um well there's aletha salter's work so you can um google that the aware parenting is it just aware parenting yeah, dot com. com
2: dot
1: com dot <laughs> com dot <laughs> no, <That's right>. no. au <laughs> um, so aletha's got lots of information on her website and her books which we highly recommend reading they're amazing the aware and,
2: baby for everyone, <laughs> yeah,
1: so great, and you can listen to our podcast because we unpack many, many elements of, of parenting, and I think that's what you know people love to listen to that, and it can feed on to other things. Um, and there are aware parenting instructors all over the world as well, and they are listed on um, Aletha Salter's website as well so you know you can tap into wherever you are in the world but there's a lot of beautiful online stuff i mean marion has amazing (laughs) web parenting courses she has so many different elements on all sorts of courses that you can find too that you can learn from there so there is a lot of resources and information out there
0: yeah beautiful and i'll put down all of those links Um, at the end of this as well so that people can get in contact with you and so thank you very much ladies for joining me today today it's been such a pleasure i i just love speaking with you it invigorates me and and keeps me doing what i'm doing so i really appreciate it and i think you're doing an amazing thing for, for people. Mm -hmm. all all over the world now with your podcast so it's the aware parenting podcast if anyone's interested in listening to it if you're not already um go on to that and and thank you
1: Mm -hmm. thank you so much thank Thank you